Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 441, and today we'll be talking about Funny Lie from Bee and Puppy Cat. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So this was... this was an episode, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, I think I think I'm getting what you're implying. Yeah, this was like an honest-to-God episode of television. Where, like, <laughs> there's um Well, I wouldn't say a full narrative structure. I mean, it's a little strange how we dig into puppy cat's backstory as the space outlaw you know it's presented kind of reverse chronologically but uh other than that yeah (laughs) we're we're seeing some story right it's not just vibing in various places in space so that was fun (laughs) it never lost the vibe though yeah that isn't that fun like it's weird the whole time like Hearing the Space Outlaw's voice for the first time is very strange. It's very loud. <laughs> He's screaming. The characters we get introduced to make us think quite a lot, right? Violet and then some kid who I didn't even realize until much later is a character we've already seen on this show that maybe, you know, unless you're good at recognizing character design, you might not even think about it. Uh, <laughs> and... Yeah, all the scenarios are weird. What is candy hunting? Why is this kid on this spaceship helping a space outlaw? What is this school that the space outlaw went to also as a kid? Why is Puppycat's spaceship underwater? What is the fate of the grasshopper who called Puppycat ugly and said that he can't breathe underwater? (laughs) There's so many questions. I know. Very open-ended. Now, I, I just got to say this because, you know, outside of the podcast, you and I have been talking about the video game Neon White. Well, when I heard the Space Outlaw speak, I could not not hear the voice of the main character from Neon White. So that was a fun treat for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. I love the distortion that they applied to his voice. I think it settles out later in the episode. But the first moments make uh I don't know, it makes the backstory seem quite alien. There's it's just something about the way that they've distorted his voice, not like robotic, but it just it feels like we're seeing a weird filtered dream of puppy cat that is, you know, wildly different from the very peaceful, serene setting and colors and voices of what we see on the island yeah everything is so washed out in the flashbacks it's like they're doing the opposite of the vibrant color palette just to emphasize how different everything is and yeah i i think that's awesome and they're going to keep leaning into this idea that some of what the space outlaws involved with is you know quite different (laughs) from the show we've seen so far uh, the other thing they do to hint at that is that there's a little more swearing in this episode, or at least <laughs> <laughs> there's precisely one swear word, although I couldn't catch what the swear word was meant to be. I What I did catch was later on where um, Cardamon thinks B is about to swear, and I think there's some uh, some character analogs going on here at the very least. Yes. Yeah. Swearing is actually a funny aspect of this show. You don't. I think think about it too much that, you know, this shows it, it just feels like this show's aimed at adults, even though besides the age of the characters, maybe some of the themes, like most of the episodes really have been 
kid friendly almost. <laughs> like it's just pretty colors and all the events that happen aren't particularly scary, right? None of the violence is particularly real or graphic. But uh yeah, suddenly now we're we're like remembering, hey, swearing. Nobody swears on this show. And so it stands out suddenly if you like like B would never say damn. That just sounds wrong. <laughs> but apparently <laughs> she's just holding it in. It's not because there's rules on this show. It's just that's who the characters are. And so now we're seeing there's characters like Violet who would absolutely curse all the time. It has nothing to do with, you know, the fact that she's on, you know, a Netflix show that maybe is pretending it's aimed at kids. I don't know. It just sounds so wrong to hear B say naughty words. <laughs> That's puppy cat's job, you know? <laughs> That's right. Well, and this show has used like, yeah, ass a lot, but it felt in <laughs> appropriate and in context. <laughs> So uh, did you did you see the book of other people's secrets at the beginning of the episode? Okay, yes. So that was they, they don't tend to sneak too much, you know, secrets in just a few frames. But this is this is the first time I can think of where they did that. Where it, I actually I completely missed this book on my first watch through. So is it this time actually where I paused and said, "Wait, <laughs> they just tell you something that I don't even think they bring up again." So now we know how Merlin's not that smart. Yeah. Yeah, he he didn't. Maybe this is why he's fallen on bad decisions. <laughs> getting getting a certain toast pregnant. Oh, well. Whoops. Yeah, and apparently Cass is afraid of weird things, which is actually important. Which is pretty rich coming from somebody who likes to put on that many face masks. <laughs> well she's i mean we'll continue to see it but she seems to be more aware of that things that happen on the island are weird or things that happen with beer are weird and she keeps wanting other people to call it out so it's funny <laughs> that it's not unnoticed right even by her siblings like people are aware but this to various degrees they deal with it you know in different ways now it's it's funny that this episode just so happened to be one with a blink and you miss it visual i'm going to show you something you better be paying attention because i was just thinking to myself you know during the during the intro with all of the flowers going by and like uh you know this isn't really the kind of show that'll you know where you have to pay attention to every single frame you know <laughs> so to speak and then then what does it do not two minutes later yeah it it it, it plays with your expectations uh, which i think is fun it's Funny, too, how many different modalities of storytelling happen in this one episode. Like, we start with another space ballad, <laughs> and then we also have, you know, dreamy backstories, and then we also have some little environmental storytelling, so quite a mixture of things. <laughs> I thought it was nice how Puppycat gets out his dream log and can only manage to draw a couple cool S's. <laughs> yeah, I really like... Like, I don't know, we we know he's a fully conscious being just in a beast's body, but there's something funny about thinking, like, Puppy Cat in his current body with his paws actually being able to write. So I like that we only see him drawing pictures underneath his, you know, dream log, which he didn't even date. So, like, does he do this on a regular basis, or did he just finally decide that maybe he should try writing it down and he was immediately distracted and unable? 
I get the feeling that this was the first time because, you know, he started that dream log underlined. Like, this is the first entry. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe maybe he'll get better at it. <laughs> it's good to know, though, that he's not some uh, secretly really competent, really insightful, you know, <laughs> self-introspective person. Yeah, looks like he and Violet were both the weak links on their team. <laughs> yeah, being carried by a, a literal child who, yeah, do you have any, I, I definitely didn't realize the first time, but do you know who that is? Do you, do you recognize him? The little kid? I, well, I mean, other than the parallel they have going on with Cardamon and Sticky there, I, I didn't notice anything, like, concrete, no. Okay, well... It's not even, I wouldn't call it a spoiler because I'm pretty sure they don't highlight this in the show. But, uh, you know, stare at the kid's hair more and I, I think it will connect. Really? So what you're saying is it's B's dad? Yes, 100%. There you go. <laughs> okay. Is he Violet's child? Do we know? That's a good question. And I don't, I don't know. She kind of treats him like one. Like her child. Does, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even gonna, I don't want it to be a complete spoiler cast yet. We can, we kind of talk okay. once we get to the end of the season about more, but I mean, all these characters are, and their relationships are definitely something to think about. <laughs> so the, the fairy tale, I mean, I, I guess that one was a dream. That one actually convinced him to start entering a proper entry into it. I like how he has, by the way. The cool S on his foot when he's trying to stomp the <laughs> stomp the grasshopper. That was nice. But was that the flower that he tried to draw after he woke up on the couch the second time after his encounter at the spaceship? Yeah, which he seems to know something about the flowers, too, because he tried to plant it. So I don't know what's going on there. Was that like a hole into space that the flower left behind? It didn't look like just a hole in the dirt that time after the flower dissolved away. It looked spacey in there. I don't know. I was too busy thinking about like, was it a bullet <laughs> that it emitted? Yeah, it was. It looked like one of the, the bullet that the princess shot him with at the end of his dream. Yeah, there's just like a lot to parse there. And is it symbolic or is it literal? And I'm racking my brain to remember... Does anything ever even grow there? Because they don't show any hint of a sprout. And I don't remember that being followed up in the rest of the season. And like our Cardamon's mother's tears, the candy that the candy hunters were after. Oh, I have so many questions. Well, definitely there's some connection with the candy that Bee eats every year for her birthday, right? Like these little bits of candy that are pure energy. That's got to mean something. But I don't know yet. I forgot about that. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I think they're related. Like, it's the only other instance okay. we've seen can weird space candy. And since her dad, you know, is related to both, there must be something there. <sighs> yeah, exactly. A candy hunter who... I, I did not put two and two together, by the way, when... Um, I'm just going to call him Steve. When uh, <laughs> Steve told the kid about telling jokes... I, I did not get the whole thing. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And then he immediately <laughs> does it because he thinks it's a joke. One, I like that you've named the the space outlaw Steve. That works. Well, I always wanted to name Cass Ashley, not Enid, but that one didn't <laughs> stick. So. so, yeah, whatever. Space outlaw Steve. 
yeah, I, I like that that's, um, the episode's namesake. And, uh, we don't know why, what happened after the kids smashed the candy, but I do like that scene that, you know, I mean, I guess we could call Steve Puppy Cat as well, even though it's his space outlaw form, but like Puppy Cat <laughs> is, Oh, his only form of humor is, you know, I just lie, and but you know it's a lie, so it's funny. <laughs> and the kid pulls that back on him. Yeah, that's awesome. It's called deadpan humor. Yeah, you'll you'll find me slipping into deadpan. I I don't know that I do it as often nowadays. I know I did the deadpan humor a lot earlier in the podcast, though. <laughs> it's not quite deadpan though, because it it feels that like Puppy Cat is saying he just lies a lot and trying to pass it off as humor. <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't like a whole, oh, you know, I I thought he was lying to him to get him not to break that thing up by saying, oh, you're not going to be Violet's favorite anymore. And then it turns out, no, no, I was just kidding. Yeah, no, 100% he's manipulating him. And then it's a bad character trait. (laughs) And he knows that and he's trying to deal with it by saying it's humor. Okay. So I'm glad he... I don't know what they're collecting the candy for, though, so I don't know what the consequence of the kid smashing it is. They're collecting the candy for the man. Yeah. Looks like the candy hunters are the dregs of society, and so they send them out, hey, we'll give you freebies if you give us this very valuable thing. I'm, I'm assuming once the kid learns, oh, hey, you know, we can do stuff with all this energy, they stop turning the candy in, because we can do much better with it than what they're giving. They don't even know what the prizes are, for crying out loud. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I love how weird all this setup is. I love how Puppy Cat had some kind of demon teacher as a kid, uh, and that- (laughs) Aren't they all? She just happened to have a ring that could summon a spaceship, and, you know, was presumably some previous captains. Well, she confiscated it. What? (laughs) Such a coincidence. (laughs) <laughs> Although how it worked with his top, like how this just so happened to turn his top into that spaceship, or was the top just a red herring and the the fact that the spaceship kind of looks like the top means nothing? Well, right, could the ring transform any object into a spaceship and it just happened to take the form of the top shape? I don't know. But mm. yeah, all that's weird. And the fact that it's connected or that he ends up in some kind of candy hunting criminal world <laughs> like what what is that all about these other hunters that show up on the planet that he's trying to get the candy from they just they don't even have weapons they just punch and kick people you know to try to get what hey, they man, want are you crying <laughs> the whole the whole setup is uh, it, it's it's just this awesome bizarre space fantasy and i love how it exists. This is such a weird story. <laughs> I missed weird ass stories like Adventure Time used to tell. And this this episode finally reminds you that, hey, I know that our episodes are weird, but actually the entire story is really weird. Don't forget that. <laughs> Don't forget that this is all going to add up to something interesting, but actually bizarre. And good luck parsing what's literal and what's symbolism. I mean, did he, did puppy, did the space outlaw actually get shot by the princess? Was the bullet that we see the thing that caused his transformation into a monster? Like, what is that scene? Why was he in love with her? And even though their societies didn't want them to be together, why did she turn against him? Is she pairing with the warlocks because they're pictured together? I, I don't know. (laughs) 
I'm just wondering, is it literal that all of the bully kids at his class looked like the grasshopper that bullies him now? <laughs> That's funny. I didn't connect because it's the same little antennas. Because I was thinking, oh, just... And the know, ugly faces. They all... <laughs> That's, yeah, that's, that's gotta be dream interpretation because, I mean, really him and Violet are the only unique looking aliens in a classroom. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that he was like uh, an orphan or a stray or some sort that's, uh, he's not supposed to be there. So they pick on him because he doesn't belong. But he has a mom. He references leaving his mom behind on the planet. So is that an adoptive right. mother or... You know, what's going on? She could have been on the run. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Although, yeah, they all might have been ordinary human kids, and uh, they just happen to look like grasshoppers because they're bullies. (laughs) I I love that that grasshopper. I I think he doesn't drown, so we'll we'll see him again. (laughs) Unfortunate. I guess he recovered some uh, little tiny scuba gear while he was down there. I mean, his body's hard. Puppycat survived underwater a lot longer than I thought he would, though. Yeah, I don't know if he even needs... Does he need air? Like, B doesn't. I don't don't know. (sighs) Doesn't he almost die when he um, goes underwater in that one episode? With the the phone episode? Mm, Yeah, so maybe maybe he is. I mean, because he is just organic. And there's nothing to make us believe that he isn't. That he's special, like he's not special and magical. So, now, speaking speaking of the phone episode, by the way, I did not notice that Pretty Patrick's picture is above the couch that Puppy Cat likes to sleep. Yes. On. <laughs> yep. That's the. It's kind of a generic face, but yeah, once you see it. Yep. Because uh, Bee's Bee's a big Pretty Patrick fan too. Not not as big as Puppy Cat, obviously, but uh, I mean, she definitely was <laughs> a fan of the show. Watched the show a lot. Got upset when Cardamon spoiled the episode for her. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So I like that B has finally dragged Cardamon into her littering lifestyle. Now they are dumping their problems into the sea. Yeah, I I like how long they focus on watching the teardrops transform various sea life because it just kind of lets you sit and simmer and think. Like, what is the long-term consequence of these tears? Like, they don't know what to do with them. They don't know how to heal Cardamon's mom. And it's dubious if the magical transformations are neutral or bad. You know, sometimes they look pretty. You know, sometimes they give a little fish arms and legs, and they seem pretty excited about it. Yep. Turns him into a frog, basically. It's perfectly ambiguous, though. And, uh, I, you know, what does that all mean? I don't know. <laughs> I like that the uh, the seagull sees that one thing that gets the one giant wig and it flies up. Oh, like, hey, baby, what's up? And then it slaps him. <laughs> I Yeah. Being a puppy cat has that sensibility to just kind of like focus on some little funny thing for a second. And I like that. But it, I like that it ends usually with a physical slapstick humor, right? So him just getting smacked and it's the same kind of like smack effect of puppy cat trying to stomp on the grasshopper or whatever. You know, it reminds you that, like, their humor is never that cute <laughs> or innocent. It always ends in, you know, violence. So, yay. <laughs> Cardamon ready to mete out justice with his hammer to all who would dare swear. 
Yeah, yeah, that little hammer. Just like the kid. Yeah, as the kid had to have been passed down or something. Should we call him dad? I don't know. I don't know if it's the same dad. I do know who Cardamon's mom is, but I don't know what relationship she could have had or not with B's dad. But that could be why, because I can't remember the exact quote. Like, maybe B and Cardamon have the same birthday or something? Like, when it's her birthday, she mentions something about Cardamon. Yeah, yeah, they were born on the same day. So that's suspicious. Now, we don't know if they're the same age, literally. I mean, I would hope not. Um, B's kind of old. Yeah, there's no suggestion, like, why is Cardamon... I mean, he's young. But we don't... Yeah, we don't know, like, what happened to Cardamon's mom if he... If she's been asleep the whole time he's known her, like... Is it some weird birth thing or, well, I, I, I know more about it because the, you know, spoiler, but the final, the final episode of the season will tell you what, what, why she's in this comatose state. Uh, and I guarantee you won't predict why. So okay. <laughs> do they cliffhanger us? Uh, there is a cliffhanger at the end of the season, okay. but it's not a cliffhanger of, I don't know. It's like a normal cliffhanger. Like, Oh, okay. Okay. What could happen next? Like, uh, Lapis made it off world, what does that mean for us? Kind of cliffhanger? Yeah, that kind of cliffhanger. Okay, and speaking of, uh, speaking of Steven Universe, I, I just liked them out on the beach doing exercises. Un- unfortunately, the guy giving instructions on the tape was speaking in English, so it wasn't perfectly Stevenish, but I'll take what I can get. Apparently that was a thing? I mean, now that we've seen it depicted in cartoons twice, there must have been a popular series of tapes <laughs> featuring... Japanese men kind of strongly... I like that the cat's all ditch him. Yeah, ditch him and burp. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I I, I want to know what these tapes were and what, what was going on. Japan, what were you doing? <laughs> Why were you producing these sort of violent or angry <laughs> exercise tapes? And, uh, oh my gosh, I, the cats are so cute. I like that those, they're also just there for no particular reason. We just... Every episode, we expect to see at least three or four wizards doing something, living their life on the island, and we never question the fact that we're seeing them. Like, it's not like that had any tie-in with the rest of the events, other than they were on the beach. It's lovely. Yes. Yes, it is. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Funny Lying. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.